Welcome, welcome. I thank you so much for joining Rusty Moy. Once again, you could be listening to many other things, but you decide to tune into something that's respectful, honest, most importantly, realistic. When you think of a hater, you think of many perceptions and concepts. Someone that's jealous of you, someone hates and want to be you, a person that may even love you and in love with you, but still have some type of hate. There's a lot of misconceptions of that. And sometimes we have it in our own relationships. And then it gets to what to do when you hate the one you love. And that may sound very strange, but in episode one-on-one, what to do when you hate the one you love. Here it is. Have you ever hated your partner? Yes. You hate the way they sound, the way they speak, the way they act, the way they walk the way they treat you, the way they perceive other things in life. But is it enough to turn it on and off? Some of us turn it off and never turn the light switch back on because we don't believe it's worthy. But if that's you and you believe that you have something that's worthy to turn back on, I'm going to post that as a polling question to get your perception of when You're with someone that you love, but you hate. Let's dive into it. You're not alone. It turns out that most of all of us have times when we strongly dislike the people we love the most. Although some of us may not even realize it, but it's in our our system, it's in our mind. Most importantly, let's dive into this concept. They love and hate them, and that's normal. The key to getting through the inevitable hard times, as many may say, is to never stop trying to understand where your partner's coming from. You got to understand where they're coming from and where they're going. But if you don't understand it and you don't stick around for it, you'll never realize it. But I tell you this, love is complicated, isn't it? Well, I just did a recent interview with unknown couple and they find that they're in a hate love situation but they asked the study participants that was a part of this particular interview thinking of the significance other they like very much then the recipient recipients participants I'm sorry reported that on their positive negative feelings towards that person unsurprisingly People reportedly high positive feelings and very low negative feelings towards the person they have chosen. Okay? And then also they added that the emotions they might not be constantly aware of about the significant other, they sit there and say, how? The participants did a standard computer task that measured how quickly they responded to certain directions. They see the name of their significant other pop up on a computer screen, which was when I would say it quickly followed by a target word that was either positive, like lucky or kitten or a negative garage cancer. And their job was to categorize the target words as positive or negative as quickly as possible by pushing the correct button. And that's when the bad feelings came out. Okay. The, bit, the badness, the bad feelings came out. It popped out. 
and it was uncontrollable, but most importantly, it was realistic. Okay. So I want to speak on this. Here's how our brains work. Okay. If we are thinking about something pleasant, when a positive word pops up, we're quicker to characterize it. It is positive. But when we have a negative word pops up, we're slower to put it in our negative category. Likewise, if we're thinking about something unpleasant, we will be slower to categorize positive words and quicker for negative, negative ones. And that is how our brain participates when we have these assumptions, ideas, and concepts in our mind. This test allows researchers to actually quantifying people's feelings towards their significant others while calculating how quickly they respond to positive words and negative words after seeing the significant other's name. But still, for me, it's great because here, where it gets interesting, you take a look at a graph, you take a look at a bar, and it shows you different categories for positive words, different categories for negative words. And some might be slower and some might be quicker. So there's different perceptions on both sides and both ends. So I'm going to break this down very quickly before I go on my commercial break. The effect for positive words was larger, but there was a smaller effect showing that thinking about the significant others, actual boosting people's responses was characterizing negative words like garage and cancer. These were significant others towards whom participants reported feeling very positively and not very negatively. Yet, these findings show that in implement level, people have both have positive and negative feelings towards one another that they love. So in a particular, particular bar or graph that we see on a typical response of positive and negative objects, such as sunset, spiders, positive objects only affect positive target words. Negative objectives only affect negative words. Okay, and that's how we should break down our relationship, our perspective, our thought process when we're thinking about the negative and the positive. Because when you're with someone, everything's not going to be negative and everything's not going to be positive. So you're going to break it down in the graph and see what outweighs the other. Okay, that may make sense to you. Though people feel both positively and negatively towards those they love. And this can be relationships, it can be family, it can be friends, it can be co-workers. And these are the perceptions we have as human beings. This may not surprise you. Those closest to us, such as romantic partners, most importantly, evoke strong feelings on both ends of the spectrum. Some days, thoughts of our romantic partners may leave us as an unwashed with love um, and, and to admire, admiration. Other days, we may feel dislike or even um unimportant okay but before i come back from the commercial break i want you guys to think about where you at on the graph is it more negative than positive or you're in the middle and then we're gonna have a discussion about it's a thin line so guys don't go anywhere stay put because it gets better from here If you weren't aware of the reading program, a first-time author doing something great, coming from an urban community, and starting something that's only evolving day to day, then 
You need to be in contact with Rusty Moy. Here, it's not just podcasting. It's not about subscription packages. It's more about enriching children's education. K through 12, giving them an education beyond the classroom. Giving them something that's memorable. Not only just reading programs, we're working with reading, math, science, and history. We're starting over the summer to enrich our children. As I may say, our children, because they have a meaningful connection with me, myself, without even knowing their children. That's what we do here with Rusty Moy. We engage with our children. We enrich them. We give them everything they need to get them placed for next semester. To be placed at different educational institutions. Give them the resources and tools to give them the confidence that they need. And that's what we do with our reading program and to enrich them, not just with my books, but other authors' books, other educational material that they may encounter. So take the walk in faith with me to learn more about our reading program. You can contact me via email, website, social media channel, and see my work and my involvement within my community and the surrounding area. I thank you for your support, your generosity, and most importantly, your suggestions and feedback. Welcome back. I thank you so much for joining Rusty Moy on this platform once again. And the topic of the hour is what to do when you hate the one you love. And if you just tuned in, we're talking about the negative perspective and the positive perspective. There's no even ground. We need to be not only positive about our circumstance, but not put it in a negative frame and weigh out our brain in a more positive perspective. Now, if you're just joining me, I'm going to dive into it's a thin line. What these findings suggest to me is that this love-hate dynamic is a normal part of close relationships. Feeling the negativity towards your partner does not mean that you are doing something wrong or that you're in the wrong relationship. But what I realized in my past experience, it seems hating your partner in the moment does not mean that you don't always love them a lot, which actually a bit of revelation and a relief. We all need a break from something. We all need a setback, a setup to a setup to something better, right? Why does the study and the things that we see and the research we do is more of much our relationship rhetoric focuses on positive and negative as two ends of the spectrum. Feeling more positively towards your partner means you feel less negatively towards them and vice versa, okay? While that may be true in one particular moment, it isn't re, re, um, representatively a complex nature of your relationship overall or even on a one to two day period. Our feelings towards our partners can range widely from moment to moment, second to second. And it seems that may just be part of the wild ride of sharing your life with another complex human being. So despite the overwhelming positive pictures posted on social media, on your friend's happy relationship, know that you're only seeing at the best half of their story. So you never know what goes on. So don't try to compete with other people's relationships and realize this looks great on the gram. This looks great on Facebook. This looks great in the atmosphere. Be focused on what looks great in your life, in your story. And then you can engage and pick up your relationship from there. 
Nothing peaches and cream forever. Nothing great lasts forever. But that's this be an even positive perspective. There's another finding in my recent research highlighting that we look at people's imperfections and judge them by these imperfections and realize that this is something that we have found in relationship after relationship after the relationship. Then we begin to do the compare and contrast. That stop going back to comparing and contrast and go forward to what we have right in front of us. Because if you keep going back to the comparing and contrasting of what it was, what it would have been, and the way you could have done it, then you will not be able to advance and go forward in what you have. And you may lose out on what's in front of you because you're so busy comparing and contrasting what you once had in the past. These were the dislike people we played an important role in in our lives, such as exes or estranged parents or estranged relationships or whatever we've had estranged relationships, engagements, and we keep going back to the bad. But that's not, stop going to the bad and find the good because there's something good in everything bad. When shown these significant others' names, people were quicker to categorize negative words as expected. They were as quicker to categorize positive words, suggesting the feelings towards significant others aren't so as easy in stone as we might believe. It seems we hold some positive views of the significant others, even as we profess our dislike of them, even if we may not be able to admit at a conscious level. But let's be real. Let's not keep hiding and ducking around the bushes and realize what's good and what's bad, what's real, what's not, and characterize the positive perspective from the negative perspective. Now, moving on in my episode, not only bad feelings is bad for you, it's bad for all. And let me just dive down into this and break it down. Of course, there is such as a thing as too much hate. Relationships don't need to be all positive all the time to be happy and healthy. But having too much negativity can be harmful. Instead, the key seems to have a high enough radio, or rational rather, of positive to negative experiences, right? And weigh out the odds to make it more acceptable and to make it more realistic, I would think. On the other hand, couples who were heading towards divorce had a ratio more like 0.81, that is way more negative than positive, right? While some negative emotions should be avoided at all costs, right? Other negative emotions, such as guilt or sadness, when experienced in the appropriate setting, may be adaptive and helpful us changing for the better. So wouldn't we want to change for the best and be our best and move in a, in a good direction? For example, Feeling guilty when you've done something wrong, right? And help your correct, help you correct your behavior in the future and making proper amends. Feeling sad about growing apart from a good friend may help you realize you still care about the relationship. In relationships, conflict can help you negate bad patterns and work through the issue, right? Because it takes something bad to progress something good, right? In addition, it seems to me that the good is not as good if you aren't occasionally contrasting just a little bit it with something bad. We need something emotional variety. Feeling good at the time may just be boring to some of us, 
Moreover, my perspective is we are forcing themselves to feel positive all the time when it isn't genuine and may not be the same benefits as those who are experiencing genuine positive emotions. So let's look at this perspective real quick, real quick, guys. Seven ways to make love stronger than hate. Seven. And I'm going to be quick. So how do you keep that love-hate ratio positive? Well, the key is understanding as an opposed to avoiding conflict or suppressing bad feelings that are perfectively normal along with the colleagues, right, of couples conflict and relationship satisfaction. And I have found out that people felt less satisfied when they don't feel understood after conflicts with their partner. But when they come out conflict feeling understood, there was no negative impact on the relationship satisfaction, right? We got these results in a number of ways. My perspective was people who reportedly fight frequently, but who at the same time felt understanding by their partners were no less satisfied with their partner than people who are rarely fighting, people who remembered a past conflict in which they felt understood were less satisfied, those in the controlled group, those who did not feel understood, showed negative effects. People reportedly on their conflict every day for two weeks were equally satisfied on both days. When they fought and days when they did. And it felt like they understood. Right? So that was the understanding and the satisfaction. In other words, relationships can survive conflict. And bad feelings and partners never stop feeling seen by the other. It is just people are better able to find a solution, right, to the problem if they understand each other. Understanding doesn't aid in conflict resolution, guys. But what turns out that understanding can even help those fighting that will never be resolved. My perspective is those issues may stem from political, religious, personality, differences, or maybe just different movie preferences, right? Just something small. Whatever the source is, understanding can help for those fight too. In fact, understanding being the most important when you face issues that can't be easily resolved, such as different religions, political views. In these situations, understanding you agree or disagree when no amount of fighting is going to change your mind. So why is it about feeling understood that helps us cultivate those negative feelings? Typically arising after conflict, we found when you feel understood, it signals to you your partner cares about you, invested in the relationship. It also makes you feel that your relationship is strong and worth fighting for. And in the end, feeling understood, especially when your partner has a particular opinion, then you just feeling good, plain and simple. So how do you increase the understanding during a conflict? Well, here are some suggestions for how to think and act and to do so. So I would say, one, instead of asserting your own point of view, try to take your partner's perspective. Make it your goal to understand why your partner feels this way. Two, avoid the four horsemen of the criticism, defensiveness, contempt, and stonewalling. Number three, give your partner the benefit of the doubt. Assume that their intentions are not malicious, right? Number four, take a moment to conflict. Take a moment to conflict. I'm sorry. Take a moment to reflect, guys. I'm crazy. On your partner's positive treats. You can even, you know, take some gratitude and inducing techniques, right? 
Number five, think of you and your partner as a team rather than opponents. Your goal is to figure out together why you do not see eye to eye and find a solution. It's not to win the fight and prove your partner wrong. Number six, recognize that it won't always be easy to follow the suggestions, especially if your partner isn't playing by the same rules. Number seven, give yourself a pantra to repeat when you start feeling angry to help you remember your goals. Even something as simple as to be understanding. And that's where we go wrong at. A lot of us, woman or man, we're not understanding to the feelings. We're not understanding to the resolution. We're not understanding to what's being said to us. And we're not understanding to what to do next. We're not understanding to the next steps. We're not understanding to be solid. We're not understanding to take a back seat when we have to. That's not be so fiery, right? Let's take the fire out and use the water. Let's use water and less fire. Let's use less steam and more sun, right? That's the way we find our resolution to our problems. That's how we resolve situations at hand. We can resolve a situation when we think. Let's have conversations about thinking. Let's have conversations about understanding with our mates and our significant others. Same thing. On the poll, I'm going to put ideas and concepts and I need your perspective and your viewpoint so follow me in this journey don't take it for granted and be honest with your polls with your questions with your answers I need your honest opinions and feedback thank you so much for joining into this episode one-on-one and I look forward to your episodes ahead with me and your polling response don't you know I know we all are Polling question number one. What is your resolution to a situation and a relationship that keeps happening? Financial situations and a relationship for one. Infidelity for number two. And three. If it's issues with the children and the house. Whether it's the children you guys have together or in a separate relationship. What is your resolution to getting through and having peace within your home? Question number one. Number two, polling question number two. What is your resolution to negative and positive feelings within a relationship? One year, two year, three year. What is your resolution to take the negative and weigh out the positive? to make solid, even ground in your relationship. Number three, what is your opinion to infidelity? What's your opinion? Woman, man, I need your feedback on this polling. What is your feedback to infidelity? What do you think about it? Is it something you can push through? Is it something you can rethink? And is it something that you can feel that you can manage, you can accept? When the trust is gone. I need your answers and much, much more right here with your girl, Rusty Boy. I thank you.